Welcome in everyone to another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast presented by Freight School Playbook. I am your host, Blythe Bremley, and the start of a new year is usually a good time to refresh a lot of your digital marketing, email being one of the biggest tasks on our growing to-do list. So for this show, I wanted to pair together two segments. The first segment is from a recent video detailing a very bad experience with a major U.S. carrier who goofed big time on their email marketing and I was caught in the middle, not once, but twice. It was a little dicey of a situation, but I break down what lessons you can learn from big companies like that. And it also includes some takeaway tips for anyone doing some email segment auditing this time of the year, which sounds super boring, but I promise you'll want to hear about these mistakes before they cost you and your own digital marketing efforts down the road. And speaking of tips, in the second segment, Kevin Hill and I from Freight Waves are breaking down some of 2021's email marketing tactics you can start using like yesterday, including what to avoid so you don't get kicked off of MailChimp like Kevin has been, which is a really funny story that we dive into later on in the show. Now, a little bit of a side note, I want to know, and this is sort of a call to action for all of the listeners out there, but I want to know what marketing and sales capabilities are available in the current TMS landscape. So if you have experience using any of those tools or modules, Google Digital Dispatch Podcast, click that first link, and on the page, you'll notice a contact form. That contact form will send directly to me and it'll shoot over a couple of sentences based off of your experience in marketing and sales within a TMS platform. Thinking along those lines, my idea is that we can get some folks together from a few different TMS platforms and share some of your tips and tricks so we can sort of share that expertise with the audience. So again, Google Digital Dispatch Podcast, click that first link that shows up in your search results fill out the contact form on that page, and then let's see if we can help each other out with our own expertise. Now back to this show, let's not waste any more time. Here are the top email marketing mistakes you should be avoiding in 2021 and beyond. Now this segment started off way different than how I'm going to start this off. And I, I'm about to talk about a, a situation, personal situation that happened with me and a uh, pretty big company. Uh, but I thought after the first record, um, I sat on it, I, I slept on it. And I thought, you know, you didn't sound like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sound very nice in the video or the podcast, however you're listening to this. And essentially, if that company were to hear the advice I'm about to give and talk about this story, they'd probably know it was them that I was talking about. So I decided to re-record this part of the show to have it be more of a lesson to said company and to all of you guys out there who, who are thinking about your email marketing strategy for the rest of this year, 2020 and beyond. So to, to, to back it up a little bit, I had a situation happen where I was invited. I got an email and I work in the logistics and trucking space. And I got an email about a free event that was going on in Orlando, just a couple hours away from me. And it was a workshop, almost set up kind of like a conference with a networking event, educational workshop with a networking event to follow. Now, me being so close to Orlando, I thought, well, I, as soon as I got the, first of all, I got the email 
opened it up, saw the workshop notification. I said, wow, that that's something that I could go to and I can learn about the challenges that because this particular uh, workshop was centered around the challenges software wise, tech wise, um, just overall business practices that uh, could be helpful to uh, a bunch of shippers out in the world. And I thought, well, my customers are shippers too. And so I need to know about these these challenges that they're facing so I can hopefully develop content in the future, um, develop solutions in the future to help ease that for them. I was using it as an educational opportunity for myself with a bonus part to network afterwards, maybe get some business from it, but more importantly, to know what the challenges that my that part of my audience is is going to be facing either facing now or in the future i think that's very very important as a marketer as a business owner as a service provider that i understand those challenges and i develop salute and i'm proactive about the solutions around it so get the email i get excited i contemplate it i think you know travel schedule wise can i make it work can i you know hotel driving you know the the the, the dates do they match up all all looks good so I register for the event. It's a free event too. So I register for the event. I get a little, you know, a little extra pep in your step for the day. Then the next day rolls around and I get an email from said company, essentially uninviting me to the workshop. They probably checked out my website, saw that I offered services and they said, you're not our target demo. So we're uninviting you. They didn't say it in that many words, but obviously I can't get into too much of the verbiage of the actual email because then I could give away the company name. But needless to say, I was pretty pissed off. Like I, 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 as a, on the receiving end of that email, I did everything you wanted me to do. I opened the email. I clicked on the CTA within the email and I registered for your event, for your event. Luckily, I didn't book my travel yet, so I'm not out any cash. But to send an email the following day uninviting me because of your mess up, I, I would not have done that as, as a business owner. If I accidentally sent out an email to the wrong base, I would have notified them in mass. I would have done the same exact mass email, but sent it to the, those same people and said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We had a technical glitch. We sent out an email and error. Please, you know, all of the invitations are going to be canceled. I was isolated. I, I was, I was, you know, signaled out and left out. And so now that, that makes a, it puts a sour taste in my mouth about this particular company, especially when they're a fairly large company and they probably have the budget in order to send out appropriate marketing messages to their target audience. I'm more than sure that they have the capabilities to do that. But it got me thinking of why email segmentation is so very important. This is what I want to kind of just jump into and, and give out some free game to everybody that, that, that's sending emails, that is thinking about sending emails. And, and I think first and foremost, and especially to that company, hopefully they're watching this and so they'll take some email segmentation tips. Um, but I, first of all, I want to start off with put yourself in your audience's shoes. Out of the hundreds of emails per day, would your audience open the email that you're about to send? And if they opened it, would they take your desired action, which is clicking on a blog post link, signing up for a workshop, any any kind of desired action that you have within that email, are they going to open it or are they going to take that action? And the best way to make sure that they do all of those things 
is to segment your emails. And, and you want to make a habit of regularly segmenting your email list, first of all. Second of all, you want to make sure that those segments best fit that audience and your intended message. So probably the next question is, well, well, how do I email segment? Well, first of all, if you're collecting emails on your website or or maybe you bought an email list or or, or whatever, however way you got that email list, no judgment. A little bit of judgment, actually. Um, but if you are collecting emails on your website or is some other way, try to segment them from the get-go, from the jump. Isolate it. And, and you got to also figure out how you're going to segment your emails. How, what, are, what kind of emails are you going to send? Knowing what kind of emails you're going to send off the jump will help you craft that message and craft that segmentation a lot better. So you can do this by, let's look at your, your current email list. Does location play a role? Does the user's email, their job responsibility, does that play a role? How old are they? Are they tech savvy? Are they tech challenged? These are all factors plus many, many more. You can segment until you're blue in the face, um, which is ideally what you should be doing. But admittedly, it's not what a lot of companies do. It should be something that should be a higher priority because as I've said before, your website and your email list are the only two things in the digital world that you will ever truly own. So treating those as your most important digital commodity is in your best interest. And it's also in your audience's best interest as well. So it's one of those things where you really have to, to, to make sure that you're collecting them correctly from the jump. And then if you do in the future want to send out more or other marketing messages to either test a small segment to see if that's something that they would enjoy receiving. Maybe you have a case study that just launched and you want to let your, your, your audience know about it. And so you you send that out there. Maybe you launch an e-store and you want to let your audience know about that. Maybe you have coupons that are attached to your e-store and you want to send those out. Well, the damn coupons might not be interesting to the to the person who signed up just to get a damn case study. So you have to start small, test small and test frequently and then also segment your email list as early on as you can because sorting through email lists in the future can be really challenging, but It'll help you to avoid situations like what this big company did, where they probably sent out a mass email and then got a bunch of users that signed up and registered for the event that they're not trying to target. So now they have to uninvite a bunch of people and it just looks bad all around. Like you've just made a lot of people feel upset who did exactly what you wanted them to do. And so the next time you send them an email, I wonder how many of those people are actually going to take the desired action. Probably not many because they're afraid they're going to get disinvited again. So segment your email list. If you have a sign up form on your website, I would consider adding additional check boxes to the emails that you're collecting. Are they getting updates to anything new that's been posted? Do they want insight from the leadership team? Do they only want coupons and nothing else? Ease that email burden before getting started on your communications. And if you're if you're new to the game or you haven't done it yet, then start off with the email list you already have or maybe your your list of contacts that you already have. I'm actually about to do uh, this same thing where, you know, I for those who have followed me, you know that I was an executive assistant, also worked in the marketing, uh, was in charge of all the marketing for a couple of different logistics companies. And I have a lot of contacts that 
I have kept over the years and I'm about to launch an e-commerce store and a lot of them haven't heard from me in a while. So they're essentially going to be getting a cold email from me. So I'm a believer in that cold emails can be are, are well served when they're done right. So if you're in a situation where you obtained, I don't think I, I obtained my email sketch in, in a sketch fashion, but if you're working with somebody who may have bought an email list or or may have secured an email list in a probably an unethical way, there's a way to market to that email list where it's not super creepy. You're not going to create like a bad taste in someone's mouth when they think about your brand. Um, and I just want to run through a, a, a few tips because it can cost you business if you don't segment your emails, even if it's a cold email, even if they've already subscribed to you, especially if it's a cold email email, you want to make sure that you're you're segmenting those lists properly in the future, even if you are starting off by sending just a mass email to a bunch of different people, which is essentially what I'm going to have to do whenever I launch this e-commerce store. I have thousands and thousands of emails of contacts that I've worked with over the years that don't know I'm working on this e-store. So when I launch it, I want to launch it in a way that, hey, this is helpful for you and here's how. And I think that that's one of the more important takeaways when you're sending out a cold email is that you want to make sure that it's all about them. It's not about you. I mean, it's kind of about you, but you want to make it so whatever you're trying to tell them about is going to solve a problem of theirs. And that's why they should st they should continue to stay engaged with your emails, continue to open them and extra bonus points. If you give a heads up, I've seen this done and, and I've actually responded positively to it where I've had a, you know, a, a business that didn't hear from for a while. They switched up their branding. They switched up their service offerings. And what they did is they sent out an email to all of their contacts, probably hundreds of thousands of people. But they said, this is the new direction that we're going to take. This is the new service offering that we have. And these are the kind of emails that we're going to be sending out on a regular basis. If you want to get these emails in the future, click this button. And then what you're doing is you're getting a double opt-in, which is great from the companies that provide email marketing services, you know, like MailChimp, Constant Contact. These companies want to know that you're not spamming people to death. So they want to know that you've had people that have opted into your email list or have created a situation where it's a double opt-in. So say if you have an email list of, you know, th this is the, the, the situation that I'm dealing with. I have an email list that I'm gonna upload to MailChimp. And then from there, I'm gonna send them that exact message. This is your problem. This is our solution to that problem. And here is a link that you can click to get these messages in the future. If you don't want, if I don't hear from you, if you don't click the link, then you're not going to ever hear from me again. Um, I'm never going to send you an email that you don't want. Uh, so that goes into my next tip. Make sure that you have the unsubscribe button front and center clear as day so that if somebody doesn't want to get your emails, they have a way to unsubscribe. There is nothing worse than having an email that you've unsubscribed from and then you continue to get those emails there. You won't, you will be sent to the spam folder so quick. You will, and then before you know it, your domain is going to be treated just as a spam entity in general. So that's another situation where you want to keep in the front of your mind where even if somebody has been enjoying your content, maybe you just caught them on a bad day or maybe they're just, they're not in the industry anymore or, or whatever reason that they have, you need to make sure that you're offering a way for those users to unsubscribe. 
And another example too of a bad, uh, a, a cold email going wrong and why email segmentation is so very important from a business perspective. Because when I was working at a logistics company, there was one particular sales rep because she needed help with her email segmentation, not just at her level, but at a company-wide level. And this has to do with, you know, sales and leads and things like that, where this one woman, she had been working on a lead for a couple months. And then all of a sudden, the person that she was talking to reached out and said, I just got this email from another salesperson within your company. We're not going to move forward with doing business with you anymore, because if you don't know what's going on inside your own company, then we don't want you handling our business. And that business law, they lost a potential multi-million dollar account because people couldn't segment their email lists and people couldn't, didn't know what leads were being worked and what leads weren't. And when they sent that cold email, it rubbed that person the wrong way and they lost that business opportunity just like that. And that is a perfect example of why you don't want to, you want to treat your audience and their time with respect. And so if you're offering valuable insight, if you're offering valuable information, then you need to present it in a way that's the most beneficial to your audience. And even then they still might not want to hear from you, but you have to honor those requests with an unsubscribe button and making sure that the content of your emails is all about them. In one case in particular, a guy that I know bought an email list, hundreds of thousands of people on this email list, hundreds of thousands. And so what they did is instead of using that as a lead opportunity, they just wanted to start sending out mass emails. For those who work in trucking and logistics, they were started sending out load available lists and or available load emails. And people got them every single day and they couldn't report them as spam because there was no unsubscribe button. So not only did this company obtain this email list probably illegally and then started emailing all of these people in mass, so not only are you creating a bad sentiment, a bad temperament around your company, but then you're also, they didn't give the, the people the opportunity to unsubscribe. And what happened after that is their emails were reported as spam so much that their domain got a warning and they were no longer allowed, well, they were allowed to send emails for now. But then they had to stop it. And once they stopped it, they had to file an appeal to their domain provider and in order to get that spam notification removed, because then all of their legit legitimate emails were then going to spam as well. So it was not only did it affect their marketing email messages, but it also affected their operation email messages. And, and I think that that is it's, it's a, a case of people being lazy and not sending the messages that they intend to send to their intended audience. And it's just a lesson that it can really cost you, not just in the short term, like sending an email to 100,000 people seems real easy at the click of a button, but it can also cost you in so many ways that you don't foresee until possibly months or even years later. And so that's a situation where you can take the advice and, and learn from the lesson that this big company made and then reverse it and flip it to benefit you and to benefit your audience in the future, which is hopefully what this video has or, or this, this topic has done, because I, I, I want you guys to learn from the mistakes 
that I see out there and that I've done myself. I, I mean, it is really, admittedly, it is, you know, easy to think about, well, oh my gosh, I could just go and buy, you know, an email list with a million people on it. And then that's how I'm going to get the word out about my new e-commerce store. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to make people mad. I want to provide them value and I want them to see the product that I have is valuable. And if you don't want my messages, that's perfectly fine. But I want to make sure the people that want my messages get them. And the best way to do that is to segment your email list and start collecting emails the right way. Respect people's time and segment your email list. Before I start to play the next segment, I want to give it a little bit of context because Kevin Hill is the host of Put That Coffee Down from Freightways. But before he joined there, and he actually still owns this company, but he owns a company called Carrier List, which is a tool that helps brokers find new capacity from carriers who aren't using load boards. So it's basically a contact list of a bunch of different carriers all throughout the country and basically sold this product through email. And so he is really an authority on the topic of talking about massive email campaigns, what he did to build them, mistakes he learned along the way, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it's a really great breakdown. And I felt like that you should know that before we dive into this particular segment. So knowing all that, let's go ahead and hit play. We can jump right into the emails because I'm I'm a little excited okay. to to see. Uh, I I want to hear more about why you got kicked off of Mailchimp, <laughs> and then I also want to dive into some of these different sequences, uh, specifically with the six month sequence that that you have. I think a lot of a lot of viewers will find some value in in some of our real world experiences and what not to do and what to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so certainly, well, let's start off with one lesson on what not to do, and <laughs> and that is if you buy a lead list or, or get a lead list and they're cold leads that they're not opted in, right? So let, let's take take a step back and and say there's there's two types of email campaigns, right? There's cold cold leads, right? Just like you're cold calling, you don't know who this person is, you have very minimal contact with them, and you are cold calling. You're introducing yourself, right? which uh, in the email world, some people call spam. I'm not one of those people, but some people will call it spam. And um, and you blast that out, right? And there's there's laws that, you know, the, the CAN-SPAM Act or the mm -hmm. ANCAM-SPAM Act, whatever it's called, uh, that you have to be very, very careful about. Um, so you have to have unsubscribe links, things like that. Then you have a lot of the email service providers or ESPs, MailChimp being one of the most popular ones uh, for, for small business owners. And that is opted in. So if you go to a demo, if you download a sample, if you sign up for a newsletter, that's an opt-in. So then you have permission to send out emails. Of course, you have to have unsubscribes on those. And that's where you grow your email list. And that the churn that comes from people unsubscribing, maybe because you over-email them or you don't. Usually it's not because you're over-emailing. You're not showing enough value. That's what it really is. So. So MailChimp has very tight rules based on the laws. Like if you dump in cold leads into that and you start emailing through MailChimp, they will kick you off. I mean, they'll do it within minutes. Oh, wow. Um, so I've done email campaigns out there and been kicked off within, within the hour. Within the hour <laughs> because I violated their terms and conditions. I know a lot of other people who have done the same thing. Uh, so it's, it's pretty pretty common and it's a, it's a good learning uh, it's, it's a very good learning experience. Um, but then you, you have a lot of really, 
I'm sorry. Do, do they give you a breakdown of, of when you're getting kicked off? Like this is the reason why we're kicking you off. Mm-hmm. And then how did you get back on? So, so basically I got back on because I wasn't using my domain. I was using mm-hmm. something else. I, I was actually, you know, I was, I have like my, my carrier list I've always had and I've never cold emailed out of there. Right. I, I, I was, I had an email marketing client that I, I told them that this is probably going to happen. And they're like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. This is probably going to happen. And <laughs> I sent it out and it happened within, you know, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. We got kicked oh, off. Wow. So we had to go use another domain and, you know, and then that's when I went out and shopped around for a good cold emailing type of, of, of programs, which are, are fine. You right? you send those out and you can do the automating and the sequencing and the seven step, seven step, you know, communication programs and things. So, so there you have the cold email and what I call warmly email or your email list. And when I talk about my email list, I'm always talking about my opt-ins people who have opted in that I sent through um, MailChimp. And, you know, if you go in and sign up on my website or whatever, you, you, you're you automatically in that funnel of, I, I think I have 36 emails that I have set up, done over time. And you can just automate those every two days, every two days at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., depending on when you send that out, it just automatically goes. And you set it and forget it. And it's, it's really great. Yeah, that that's, I haven't set up one of those. I have a, a, a couple different series that, that I run on MailChimp. And for me, the way I got started with them is that, you know, I, I had worked for a few different transportation logistics companies. So I had an email list already built up, but I was worried about getting kicked off of MailChimp because I had heard stories that they will basically blacklist your domain. They will send mm-hmm. all of your emails directly to spam. And then that hurts your future outreach efforts. And so if your emails are just ending up in spam each time, you've probably been reported too many times as a spam email. And so for me, what I did, the route I took is I had about 10 years worth of emails. And I know that a lot of them are no longer valid. Those people have, some people have probably moved on. They have other jobs. So what I did is I went to Fiverr, hired a freelancer for like 50 bucks, and they scanned all of the emails in my database. It was like more than 25,000 emails, but they scanned all of them. And I ended up with about 12,000 really good emails that were still active, um, that were still valid. And so before I started reintroducing myself to my email list that I had already built up, it was one of those things where I feel like that little bit of extra money that I spent in the beginning really helped those delivery rates because then it was about a week of sending out a cold email saying, this is what you're going to get from me. This is you know who I am just as a reminder. You signed up for my email list a while back. This is what you can expect from me in the future. And so it allowed those people on that list to choose to re-engage, to double mm-hmm. opt-in, which a lot of email service providers see it as better you have a better list if you have a double opt-in. So I wanted to make sure that I got that double opt-in for the email list. And then from there, I could start setting up my different campaigns. Uh, One of them, I have an onboarding campaign. I also have a purchase trigger. So anytime someone purchases something off my site, they get a few different emails, sort of best of content. Um, And then I also have an automatic RSS campaign. So anytime that I publish something new to my blog and I select a category of featured on 
the website, that email goes out at 7 a.m. the next day. Um, so that's probably my favorite email to send out a little automation hack for, for anybody mm -hmm. out there. But once you program your template and once you set up your blog post correctly, where that technology is talking correctly to MailChimp's technology and it's all formatted and it looks pretty in a variety of different devices. That's my favorite email to send out because I know that they're the person who's opening it is getting value. Hopefully they're, they're, they're perceiving it as valuable. Yeah. That is always the hope, right? That that is valuable. Uh, but that's, that's a very, <laughs> I know that's a very responsible way to do things. Black. It really is. That is very responsible. Out in the wild, wild west, when you don't know That's, what you're doing. <laughs> My next question was going to be, I have worked with some brokers that they buy email lists off the internet, and I know those are sketchy emails. So if I was redoing it, I would definitely go back to Fiverr and have them rescan all of these emails before we ever sent them from a company domain because... Uh, I mean, as as we all yeah. know, if your email gets shut down and you're a broker, you're you're a carrier, you're essentially out of business. So it is, you know, we're joking about it, but it's also something that you want to take very seriously too. That you know, however you secure those emails is your own business. Just make sure that you are providing value and those emails are legit and they're still active because otherwise it's going to hurt you anyways. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to run that. And that, that's something else I found out uh, very quickly when Gmail shut me down a couple of times uh, or suspended me just, just for like 24 hours. Um, oh, is that, that they Email do have mail. sending limits. I, I know, right? <laughs> so they do have sending limits. And yeah, do not... Do not cleanse lips, email lips, especially cold emails. Do not cleanse those from your company domain because exactly what you said. It is exactly what you, you will get penalized. Uh, it'll end up uh, on your SEO. It'll end up on your email deliverability, all of that. It will end up. So what you do is you go get another domain. Get another domain. And I used to do this out of Microsoft Outlook. And I, I had a program. So I, I, I tried buying the lists and things. And, and they're very problematic and they're, they're horrible. Uh, but I got a program which was called eGrabber. You could go on LinkedIn. Uh, they, they would pull a search up to about 500 a day because that's where you're maxed out at um, from, from LinkedIn itself. So you, it would take all these profiles, you know, maybe freight brokers, right? Put it in there in a spreadsheet form. And then you hit another button and there's a bot that crawled the internet and looked or guessed at the company email addresses. And it, about 75, 70 percent of the time it worked. About thirty percent would bounce. Uh, but this is about about as good as you can do with Hunter.io or any of these other online tools where you can kind of guess at the the the, the format of the, the email addresses. But I could I could set that up and then run in the background. I'd get five hundred new emails uh, a day. You know, run them through. Uh, Microsoft Outlook and another domain and send out a, a test email kind of, uh, or my initial email, my, my, my first email in my sequence. And then I would take the ones that didn't bounce and I'd load them up into uh, another program that I could set up an automated sequence coming out of, out of uh, Gmail, my, my Gmail, my actual corporate email uh, account. So that's, that's how I did it. And it's probably... Somewhat similar to it to what your 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 freelancer probably did, but I, I set up a whole system uh, of doing this. And there's another thing that you can use zero bounce, which Duner just said, uh, and and we, we've mentioned zero bounce on here a couple times, where you can just upload the list and it'll tell you which ones are deliverable and which ones aren't. Oh my gosh, y'all are out here hustling these email students. <laughs> 
You're going to find those emails. I, you know, I, I found out very quickly that, that I, I can't make 500, you know, cold calls a day. Yeah. You know, it, it, I can't make 50 cold calls to. a day. But you know what? I can send out, yeah, I can send out 5,000 emails a day. True. You know? Very true. Why, why not? It, for me, it was more about affecting my billing. I, I didn't want to be paying <laughs> for sending, you know, 30,000 emails if there's only 12,000 emails that are actually active. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. more about like, cheap on the long run than having, you know, that, that long-term investment thinking of, of just having those programs running in the background and, and trying to send them. And you're giving me some ideas that I need to write down. (laughs) I'm going to have to go out here and and hustle these email streets like you guys are doing. (laughs) Sign up in the footer of my website. I, I know. Well, and I was I was doing all these cold emails to drive them to download a sample or a demo, and you had to put in your email address, and that's where I captured. And then they'd go over to Mailchimp, and then my philosophy of Mailchimp was much different than the cold emails. Right, there's the first part of the cell, and then once they're in my funnel in Mailchimp, and then that's when I, you know, we we start doing these sequencing. And it's something that you need to know your objective. If you're, if you're going to have an email list, an opt-in email list, why? I mean, what's your first objective? You know, of course, it's probably to sell. But is this more nurturing? Is it more, you know, what exactly is your goal, your strategy for this? And, and I think that you, you bring up a great point is giving the audience that option and the expectations up front and letting them decide how often they want to be contacted. Because even though, you know, a company like a, like a Morning Brew, where they have so many different emails mm-hmm. and they're all really valuable, there's still sometimes when I'm like, this is too much. I'm, I'm getting four emails from this company in a day and I have to scale it back. So I'm going to prioritize which emails that I want to get because I really do genuinely want to sit down and read the information that they send me. But at the same time, I don't want it to overwhelm my inbox where I'm not getting the work I still need to get done. So I love that they give you those different options of what you want to hear from them and how often that you want to hear. And I, and I think that it's important for anybody out there that if you're thinking about starting up an email list, that you have different options for your audience and, and you remain committed to those different options. And you're only sending messages of value to that audience because one thing that I think is missing from a lot of companies, especially in logistics, is not segmenting your emails. I had an instance where there was a big time carrier that sent me an email, invited me to an event. And I did everything that they wanted me to do. I opened the email. I read what they were they were sending me. I took action on registering for this event. And then the next day, they reached out and said, we're sorry, we sent this to you by mistake. We're resending the, in- the invite invitation. And I was like, well, what the hell? Why did you send it to me in the first place? And so I think that having, it, it left a sour taste in my mouth for this particular company. And then a month later, they sent the same email to me. So they still hadn't segmented their email. So I I think that it's also very important for a lot of companies out there that if you are going to be sending your emails, make sure that you're segmenting them properly. And if you're going to invite people to your event, make sure that you're sending it to the people you want to invite, because otherwise you're going to have to go through that awkward stage of uninviting people, which I did not appreciate. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't appreciate that too. Segmenting is very hard, and it's something you don't really think about when you start out. You're just 
thinking about building right. a list, you know, and then all of a sudden you you have a list, you have good lists and you're like, well, I, I should have segmented this from the, from the beginning, but I think that's what you find in, in just about every company. Rhonda, thank you for, for viewing Rhonda's on, on the board here. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that you don't even think about it until the, the problem arises. You know, this, that's not even on your radar. Those are good problems to have. Not even on your radar whenever you're starting out. It's just, you know, how do I get a list built? And then comes the sequencing and the segmentation and all the other issues that, that pop up once you're successful at and I think that MailChimp has a really great example or a really great workflow of how you can segment your emails after you've sent a, maybe a dozen or so of them. Mm -hmm. Your audience will tell you in the analytics of what they like and what they don't like. So for example, I can go into MailChimp right now and I can choose from the my entire email list. I can pick the people that have opened up the last five emails that I've sent. That's telling me that those users are pretty engaged with my email list. So if they're already engaged, I want to send them something else that maybe I think that they'll like. It's looking for those those common trends, the, those similarities of, of maybe why those certain people opened up the last five emails. Were there any synergies there that you can replicate again and send it to them again? Uh, another really great tool that MailChimp has just announced, and I haven't had it. I played around with it a little bit, but I haven't built any actual sequences in it yet. But they have conditional formatting where if you send mm. out an email and somebody opens it or somebody doesn't open it, then you can determine the action of the next step from for that user to take or what MailChimp will send them. So if you have a certain sequence in place, say it's maybe five emails, if they didn't open the first one, they're going to resend that first one. If they opened up the first one and they liked it, if they clicked on something, then they're going to get this next email. And it's all mm -hmm. customizable where you can customize each one of those steps depending on the action that the user took. So if they're showing engagement, if they're showing that they're interested in what you're sending to them, then you can sort of adjust your message on the fly into a customized sequence specifically for that user. Because let's be honest, a lot of people want customization when it comes to their marketing messages. And, and those little things, I believe, go a long way in addition to creating some of the different sequences that, that we have listed on, on our sheet, which is something, you know, mm -hmm. the welcome sequence, the training sequence, uh, purchase reminders, which work really well for me. You know, that you forgot something in your cart type emails. Those work really yeah, yeah. well on me. Yeah, those are. Those are and, and certainly if you have an e-commerce site, then you have to have that. You know, you, you missed this, or you left this. Uh, this is what you've been looking at. And, you know, there's there's a couple brands out there that if, if I go on and look at anything, there's, they're following up with me. I don't even have to put it in the court. They're, they're already following up. And I'm just like, how do they know so much? Of course, I was on the website. So, so, so <laughs> that, that was that. Um, so email sequencing strategies, and, and we, we talk about MailChimp, but there's a lot of other, there's Constant Contact, Salesforce. I mean, everyone everyone has kind of like that, that opt-in email service to go out. You know, it's all about the analytics. Uh, you, you're describing if then, the, if, if this, then that yes. type of, of mapping out actions and follow-ups based on those actions. That can be a huge rabbit hole to, to, to go down in to, to, to really overcomplicate things. So I, I, I haven't played around with it too much, a, a little bit, and I've been down those rabbit holes. Uh, but, but as everything else in business and life and, and 
everything in general. Keep it simple. Just, right. just keep it simple. Um, so start I'm going to name off the. First. I'm sorry. I said I was going to say start with one campaign first, one autoresponder, yeah. maybe a welcome series. Um, what could really help with building out your your email sequences is just post its. Take a post it and take five or six of them and write down on each post it. Consider that your email that you're going to send mm-hmm. out and what information you're going to include in it. Also, do a lot of testing. You can test between sending plain text emails versus HTML emails. So the HTML emails are the ones that have pictures and images and GIFs mm-hmm. and things like that. Makes it really fun. But the problem with those type of emails is that a lot of companies will automatically block any of those images and where they're coming from. So some companies will have a higher success rate with just sending plain text emails that have just one link in the email. And and so you can do these kinds of testing in addition to mapping out, but you have to map out your email of why you're sending it first. And then you can go from there and sort of get the data and see what's working well. What is it working well? Are you getting mm-hmm. a ton of unsubscribes? Are you getting a ton of spam complaints? You can check on, on various different tools. If somebody unsubscribed, why did they unsubscribe? They're, they'll usually be asked that question when they unsubscribe. So using this initial data can help you build out those campaigns in the future. Yeah, you brought up two very good points there, um, and one of those is is, is the mapping feature, um, but but also HTML versus plain text, right? And and AB doing AB testing off that. So so number one, do you do a lot of AB testing? I will do headline testing, and then I will also take advantage of, of I know we mentioned MailChimp a ton in this, in this episode, but it, they have a really great app that if you have sent out a campaign that day and people haven't opened it, within 24 hours, just a click of a button, you can check that box and it will that campaign will automatically resend to everybody that didn't open the email. And that's one of my favorite features. So I like to do a little bit of testing with that, but then A-B testing, you can A-B test your headline and then you can also A-B test the format of your emails and the time of of day that you send it. I think that Mm -hmm. that matters a lot too, where using a, a feature called Time Warp will send out an email that sends it to that particular time zone at the time you want it. So for one of my emails, I have it sent out that it goes out at 7 a.m., but that's Eastern Standard Time. And I wish there was a way that I could program it to send it out at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to all, or not Eastern Standard Time, but 7 a.m. in all the different mm-hmm. time zones. But that currently isn't a feature available unless you're doing a specific campaign. Yeah, that, that is very true. Uh, so, so AB, you know, I experiment around, you know, you know, best time of day, best headline, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I, I never feel like I have a big enough email list to, to really properly do an A-B testing. I mean, how many how many people do you need in your email list to do a proper, you know, A-B testing where you're segmenting out, you send it to half and then the other to half and find out what works best? Yes, essentially, that, that's exactly what you're doing. And you want to make sure that when you start testing, you're only testing one thing at a time. So you can get mm-hmm. a really good feel of what's going to work in the future. If you're testing two or three different things in, in one email, it's not going to give you a conclusive result. So start slow, start by building the campaign, why you want to build this campaign, what use are you going to provide to the user? What call to action do you want them to eventually take? Once you map that out and what 
the messages are going to actually say, then you can start getting into the testing of, of the A-B testing of what you're referring to, where you can test the subject lines. You can test if HTML emails, if plain text emails work best. Uh, you can start to, to really see what your audience is interacting with the most. And then you can also give them the option to opt into an HTML-based email or a plain text email. And you can do both. And it, it doesn't take that much more time to set up those different parameters. And then from there, you can do further testing, such as time of day, uh, day of the week, things like that. Okay. No, it makes perfect sense. Now, HTML versus just plain text, right? Like, like it's coming directly from you, or it is a formal marketing email. I've always found much more success doing the plain text, you know, slimming it down, very minimal, uh, making it look more and more like it's just coming directly from me. I, a lot of my, my sequencing that I do automatically, I have some graphics in there. And that's one of the things that, that I really need to reevaluate and, and, and slim that down a little bit more to where it is. Um, it's it, it, it doesn't get blocked as much, you know, on the, the picture side uh, or the image side and and just really slim it down because that's where I've always found the most success. I don't know why my sequency has too many graphics on there besides charts and, and really good information that I, I send out. I think because it looks good, you're, we're building it as almost like a blog post and it looks mm -hmm. really good while you're building it in MailChimp. But if you're not testing that email before you actually send it, it could arrive in a user's inbox and look drastically different than what it looks to you in MailChimp or, or any other email service provider. So you really have to do that testing and, and make sure that you're not adding too much to the email itself because like I said, there, there are so many companies are scared of getting hacked or scared of, you know, email spoofing and and somebody clicking on, you know, the wrong link in an email and then their server goes down. So it's one of it's a very serious thing that that companies have to take a, a almost a forward thinking approach to it where they're going to forsake you getting an entertaining email with a bunch of different awesome graphics in it, they're going to get rid of that in favor of protecting their infrastructure IT wise. Um, that's just a sad reality for a, what, you know, a lot of marketers yeah. and salespeople have to sort of deal with, but there are ways that you can play to it to your advantage. You can send that plain text email and it says with a link, click here to read the full post or to watch the video. And then they're clicking that link and then they're going to your website and then getting that full experience. So that's another link little bit of an option. Uh, but if you're giving the option to that user ahead of time, maybe they want to read your email on their personal email and not their work email. But if you're giving that option to the user, then it, it really, it's only good things can come from it. It's just going to create a little bit more of, of heavy lifting on your side initially. It, it, it really does. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, what is your main objective on your email sequencing right now? Is it, and we have like these strategies here that I'll, I'll post this article out with the show the, the welcome sequence, the training sequence, the purchase reminders, re engagement, upsell, evangelist, nurturing, onboarding, and transactional. Which one are you mostly, mostly focused on now, and especially in 2021? 
Uh, for me, it's definitely nurturing. I do, admittedly, I have to revamp my welcome series. I definitely want to have separate engagement series based off of how somebody's interacting with my brand. Uh, but then the, the nurturing series, so the featured blog post, is something that I'm really passionate about because it's something that I can automate to an extent. So let's say if I create a new video, I upload that video to YouTube. I have a tool in place that then syncs that direct video to my website. And then from the website, I can choose if I want to send that video to the audience or send that podcast to the audience. And I can just check a little box on that blog post back end. And then that's an email that's going out to the audience the next day. So that's letting them know, hey, here's the latest content that I've been you know, talking about and, and discussing. Hopefully they find value in it. And then that is the, the nurturing campaign that keeps me on top of mind. I like to send these emails first thing in the morning. I don't want to be competing with someone's attention around lunchtime, around, you know, just mid morning where people are usually pretty swamped or really set in their workday by then. I want it to be at top of mind first thing in the morning when they get into the office or the first thing when they're sitting down in their home office. I want them to be able to sit down at the computer and enjoy the email that I'm sending out to them. Yeah, I've, I've seen the same thing. And that's the reason why um, most of my emails are before the workday starts or after it finishes, you know, maybe yeah. six o'clock local time, you know, just, just right after, not, you know, midnight, but 6 p.m. Because I, I know with me, I, I'm, I'm, I, I pay more attention and, and read it more thoroughly. You know, unless I come in like at six o'clock at night or 7 a.m. in the morning um, before the deluge of emails and, and, and messages during the, the middle of the day where I have to, um, I, I have to, to, to focus and really partial out my time. Right. I, I can't I can't spend a lot of time on a, a marketing email at like right now. Right. We're, we're on live. So. Right. <laughs> so those that, that come in right now probably won't even get looked at until, you know, later on in the night, unless it's urgent. If it's not urgent, it's not going to get much attention. But if you send me an email at six o'clock, you know, seven o'clock, um, it'll probably get uh, almost all my time and, and focus. I'll really look at it and try to decipher it. So uh, those are really good, good tips on, on that. Uh, same here, you know, nurturing. I, I'm really focused on nurturing and I'm going to go in in the next couple of weeks and, and revamp my sequence because that's one of the things, you know, uh, I have a, a probably a, a few emails on there that are a little bit outdated. I need to switch those out. Um, I, I need to, to think about the order again. And, and go from there. So it's, it's something that you can automate, but you still have to, to maintain, you have to keep your eye on and uh, always look at the results and, and those metrics. Now, when I was working in an, in an office full-time with a logistics company, they were sending out a lot of available load emails. Is, is that mm -hmm. still, do you know if that's still a thing? What are the, I guess, the, the majority of emails that, that brokers and salespeople are sending out regularly? So they send out, so on the marketing side, they'll send out newsletters usually and it might be monthly newsletters or weekly newsletters. And sometimes they don't really have discipline on the, the customer side. On the carrier side, it is daily or twice daily or <clears throat> whenever they get a load, you know, they'll, they'll blast carriers trying to, 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 to say here are the available loads or, you know, if you're a carrier, available the available equipment. Product, yeah, available equipment. So you see that quite a bit as well. 
uh, again, you know, spam, spam laws, can spam is, mm-hmm. is definitely applicable to that. So if, if you're sending uh, email blasts, if you're a freight broker, sending an email blast out uh, for available loads uh, to carriers and they ask to be removed and you don't do that, uh, it can be problematic. Yeah. And, and you have different brokers emailing, you know, on their own, blasting that out. You, if you, you'll start getting your, your, your um your domain right because everyone's everyone's under the same email domain in, in a freight broker and I, I've heard that from many many different freight brokers that they got hit with being spammers because mm-hmm. every you know every broker's sending out fifty emails to to fifty different carriers to cover a load and I, it, it, so the person <laughs> sitting next to them the next day is doing the same thing and all of a sudden you're, you're getting marked with spam a, a lot of times and so. And there's been cases where where they've been suspended even. I'm just I'm smiling ear to ear right now because I said this so many times at my previous <laughs> companies that you guys are gonna get in trouble for sending out mm-hmm. these emails to people who cannot unsubscribe. But I do think that now uh, there are some TMS tools that allow for email marketing automation. I'm not exactly sure of the extent of those features that offer. So maybe somebody that that has a little bit more familiarity can can clarify that in, in the comments of what capabilities different TMS systems have. Uh, but I, that was the bane of my existence was getting brokers to start using an email tool like MailChimp, like Salesforce, like HubSpot, different tools that allow your users to be able to be placed in sequences and automatic emails and give them the ability to unsubscribe. Because if you don't have mm-hmm. that ability, you're already breaking some of the ICANN laws. You, you definitely are. You, you, you're definitely you're breaking those laws. And it's just very important to, to, to realize that these things can happen. You can get suspended. Your freight brokers can get suspended if, you, if you're saying that. So it's, it's good to have some kind of uh, some some kind of plan for it. TMS is so there's uh, there's other places that have kind of automated that. Now you, you better make sure that they're following the laws too, right? Because it's still your responsibility no matter what, right? It's Absolutely. still if it's coming from your email domain, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You better. You better double, triple check that because ultimately it's going to be your responsibility to make sure that you're following the law, even though you might have a platform and a TMS or another another software pl- provider that allows you to really blast out emails. It's still up to you to have that unsubscribe and make sure all of that is is really in there. All right. I hope you enjoyed those two clips all about email marketing. And if you're new to my show and like what you've heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button because we've got a ton of more great content like this coming in the pipeline, more interviews, more insight and stories from in and around the logistics industry. You can also hit up the Digital Dispatch website for more information on our services and products. And don't forget to snag that free course still available on FreightSchoolPlaybook.com, how to audit your website. The start of the new year is made for those SWOT analysis, and this course will help you identify those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats a lot faster. But until next time, my name is Blythe Brownleaf, and I will see you real soon.